FC13 podcast is sponsored by Bet99. All we can ask for, we've made it, we've done it, we're here, and we got, realistically, what I asked for. We are the FC13 Podcast, and honestly, thanks so much for following along. Here is our reaction to a game that some of us didn't mind, some of us absolutely loathed, some of us wish didn't happen. So, welcome boys, Paul, Frankie, thanks so much for joining us. How are we doing, boys? Hello, hello. I am in misery. The eternal pit of pain. Uh, I'm probably doing a bit better than you guys based on my nationality right now, so I'll, I'll leave that question to you two. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a solid hole in my heart, which already existed, but somehow it's just like, a lot of fingers. you know, they, they went, they, they just stretched it, they put three fingers in it, and then they went in legs. dry and just... <laughs> Booted it and just ripped it open. So, Canada went against their second game today. So, Canada had our second game. It was against Croatia, one of the teams we knew we'd have the biggest struggle with. It ended in kind of a predictable 4-1, but... Oh, god damn it. The game did start off with one of the most memorable moments in Canadian history, if not in this current World Cup history the fastest goal to happen at the World Cup. Within 63 seconds, <laughs> Alfonso Davies made it 1-0 Canada. Yeah, according to some, the greatest moment in Canadian soccer history. <laughs> that, was a, that was a highlight of the game for me, for sure. Like looking It was incredible because if you were off somewhere, <laughs> uh, like out of the studio somewhere, and, and you said it, and... You know, just in the heat of the moment, fine. You are sitting next to an Olympic gold medalist who still plays, still plays. If she maybe played and never won the Olympic gold medal, like, fucking 10 years ago, fine. I'd forgive you for being like, okay, you know what? All right. I, I, I made a mistake. I thought, you know, big moment. She is still playing. She could have had that around her neck and you'd be like, this is the greatest in Canadian <laughs> soccer. Meanwhile, she's like looking over at you like, bro, it's I, on I the neck lost. now. <laughs> I, I think for sure he got lost in the moment because like, I mean, the rest of the game played out as it did, but like, that was something. Eh? Like this was obviously like um, it'd been built up more and more like how the three games in 86 were like that and the fact they missed a penalty against Belgium. I personally didn't think it was like a big thing around this team's neck to score a goal in the World Cup. I kind of thought of it as inevitability. And then obviously you go for that Belgian game and you're thinking, oh, we can create chances, but can we actually score? We just need to get a goal here. So um, that relief is fantastic because, you know, like hypothetically, say if they don't score against Morocco, then you go into 2026 and it becomes an even tighter noose around your neck. You know, it becomes like the becomes like the least with winning a playoff game, you know, it becomes more and more of a thing. So the fact that they scored so early and it was um, Davies who um, missed the penalty, it's just, you couldn't have picked a better score. I think we've all said in this podcast at some point we wanted him to score a goal for Canada in the World World Cup. So um, 
Fantastic start. Wish it didn't come at the expense of a Celtic defender, mind you. Like, uh, putting that um, value down a little bit, trying to sell him. But uh, other than that, I can't really complain about the goal at all. I thought it was fantastic work Paul, from him and McCann. right there. George right there. I get it. I get it. Fuck him <laughs> from Celtic. I love it. Fuck it. He can fuck off, and then Johnson can take that. I get it. <laughs> but it, it, was, it was a performance within the first couple minutes of an absolute dream and then by about what the 20th 25th minute it it just it fell apart like frankie um how going into this like from the first get like first goal to the next like what what kind of rolled around your head because i i i knew what was rolling around mine it's a lot of expletives <laughs> um I, I mean i texted you guys and i said have we strung three passes together in the past 30 minutes as we kind of got towards halftime like it was I mean, I didn't get to see the first goal, which I'm going to say about 100 <laughs> times in this podcast because I'm salty as shit about it. But I just, I don't know, it just felt like the game got away from Canada really quickly. It, it felt like, you know, I, I didn't expect Croatia to be this good, as, as dumb as it sounds, for a team that went to the finals in the last World Cup. But I figured Belgium might be a little bit more of a, a test for the Canadians, and it just didn't work out that way. I just, I thought Canada was week on the ball i thought whenever they had a chance to clear it was abysmal like i mean at the end of the first half that sequence where canada couldn't clear the ball started because kamal miller put the ball right into the the feet of a croatian player and just ended up in a throw-in and there's just no reason for that mistake like yeah okay there's a i feel like there was an impression going into this that like um we all seem to underestimate Croatia, including a certain member of this podcaster who's not here at the moment, who um said that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I I meant the other one. But um yeah, like the whole time, like I don't want to make this about me, but I've been saying for the longest time that Croatia were the far better team compared to Belgium. Like we've seen Belgium today against Morocco were absolutely gash. And it just left me feeling downhearted to see Morocco beat them because I'm like there's no excuse why Canada couldn't beat Belgium. They're gonna they're gonna be useless in this World Cup. Croatia's midfield was at, like I think they will I think we underestimated part comes as well, even from the Canada side. Like I've got no problem with like um Herdman like trash talking beforehand. I'm all for it. But I think the team was set up far too aggressively for what is like an elite team who has one of the best midf- midfields in the world of Modric, Brozovic, and Kovacic. To put the two midfielders in, which I think is a big sticking point. This is a big issue everybody has now. Like, this is a big fallout of Hutchinson and Eustachio. I think that was a grave mistake. I think everyone can agree with it. I think even deep down, if you ask Herdman, he'll defend Hutchinson and his decision in public. But I think deep down, he knows it was a mistake. Hutchinson, even in the qualifying, he wouldn't really play this much of a schedule. He'd play a game, take a game off and play the next one. I... I don't understand why they went with the two. I th- well, I think it do. I think they wanted to get at Croatia, but I don't think it was ever really gonna work. I think you simply had to go to try and dominate that midfield. You would say Canada couldn't put a pass together, couldn't put a pass together when it overran by, like I said, three elite players. I would say Canada has one very good midfielder, Eustachio. He can't, quite frankly, can't do it all on his own. We've seen after about thirty-five minutes. All the workload he's had from Porter's just caught up with him and had to go off injured. And Hutchinson, I, like it's, 
I feel really bad. Like, I feel really bad talking about it with the injury, with like how old he is and all but, that. But and he, like how much he of a legend like he is. He's a 39 year old playing his second game. He was definitely game a liability in that in midfield. The biggest stage in, in a week. Like, I think. He did. That's, that's kind of what you, you get. Like, I, I every bit of it, yeah. If Eustachio wasn't hurt at halftime, maybe that's where Hutcherson comes off. Like, it maybe was just kind of. Uh, a situation where it got out of hand on, yeah, on but Herdman. you have what well, you have one step further because yeah, it's like, game, yes, we had our one goal that I I found disjointed the team. The reason you have him there is less to do with his legs and his striking ability and his ability to create the passes. It's to do with keeping the team contained and collective and conjoined, and that fell apart super quickly yeah. because. He he literally couldn't get up there. Yeah, to he just didn't have the legs for it. But he's not the only one. Like he isn't the only one who struggled with those legs. David struggled at times. He was caught standing still. Davies, who would be back there on the wing, would then be up in the center chasing down a ball that David had missed passed or couldn't, and David just stood there while Davies ran around him. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pin it all on Hutchinson, but it all stems from the midfield. If you can't control a midfield, you can't get the ball out to your strikers. You can't get the ball out wide, which was Canada's best outlet. Like during the first half, they had Juranovic on toast at one point, and the cannon was outstanding as well. But it also means you can't give your defenders relief, which is why the ball just kept going closer and closer to Canada's box, and like the goals just felt inevitable. If you can't get any standpoint in midfield. Then you literally isolate everybody else, including there was such a two strikers, which is why I thought like two strikers was a mistake. We would press very tightly, and then all of a sudden we come back to our end, and we would just sort of pass in very short passes in in very dangerous areas. Like we would have a couple yard passes when you would have their attackers right there. So that's not ideal. So Borean sitting there going. You know what are you doing? But then he would just pass out shortly. It, it was it was a series of just bad short passes that we couldn't just clear it out of there. You know, stand if you did that, you don't know because clearing it just gives Croatia the yeah, ball anyway. But, but also we gave them the ball anyway, except in our end and through an interception. How many interceptions did they get? It was plenty. It was interception, 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 interception. Because we just kept trying to play it short in close-knit areas where they were closing it down. So instead of back to Borean to boot it up, which, by the way, yes, if he boots it up, it is still way in the upper half where they're throwing it in versus... One, two, three. That's how long it would take for Croatia to get the ball back in the danger zone again. Absolutely. But (laughs) we have 4-1 was the scoreline. How long did it take him to take advantage of those interceptions? That's the problem. So it's just a scenario where I don't think our back line helped out our mid, which, yes, didn't control it at all, but they weren't helping them out. Like It's always it's up to a midfield to help your defenders and give yourself an option on the ball. We don't really have good ball play midfield defenders, which um, I guess we'll get into the command level thing then for you, Andre. Because um, Andre mentioned the Jonathan David stuff. I think that's <laughs> kind of important to talk about. One thing I will not <laughs> question about Atiba Hutchinson's performance is his effort. I'm questioning Jonathan David's effort in this game because yeah. there was a couple of times, like he had he had a chance to run onto a ball and he just pulled up for a split second and then tried to go get it again. 
took the took himself out of the play. You know, there's a couple times where he had a ball on his feet with a chance to make something happen, and he felt the slightest bit of contact, and he hit the he hit the turf. Like it's just things like that when you know you've already given the referee a reason to not call a foul in your favor. Stop doing it. Yeah. I think I think it's it's a scenario where Hutchinson he has run his prime. I don't believe we should have had him on. No, but I will never don't. question his effort in that game. I think he gave no, everything I, but, he had and then some. No, and I, I, I his command is to me more valuable than his running ability because again, he is the dynamo of the midfield. He's trying to command everywhere where to go. Problem was is that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. As Paul said, we ran into this issue where we didn't have the midfield to control the ball. Yeah, he can command them as much as he wants, but if he's not in it, we're still down yeah. 10 to 11. We've we got to remember, it's, um, it's this hundred of appearance as well, and no, no matter everything that happened today, I sure hope the, I'm sure hope that performance didn't um, tampon his spirits too much. Well, yeah. Nobody would... I, if you if you literally went, I hope his spirits are damped. Like that makes you just a monster. No, but there's you know there's people I'm like just gonna, I'm just gonna pretend you guys picked up on that. There, there's people calling him out and like it's you know he's he's a 39 year old playing his second massive game in, in you know what five then five days right now. So yeah, like let's be like fair. Four days. Well, we're gonna be fair because again. Oh, I'm not, I'm not questioning you guys. Player. You guys are absolutely going to be fair with them. Like, I think we all love Atiba. It's just some of the people who maybe jumped yeah, on even you, later than I did. Uh, you Again, in, in a sense, you have to be fair to everybody. Um, in a sense, you have to be fair to everybody. Because, again, we're here. We've done it. We've got our World Cup berth. But with that, we are going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. And stay tuned for some fun, controversial opinions, mostly from me. FC 13 Podcast is sponsored by Bet99. Bet99 is a Canadian sportsbook and casino. They offer in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and the MLB. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile. And the Bet99 mobile app can be downloaded from the homepage of the website. Depositing and withdrawing funds are hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to you so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 on live chat. So go to bet99.com and make an account to get started. Remember to use our code 13thmansports1, but please gamble responsibly. 19+, plus, play responsibly. Available to persons in Ontario only. Subject to successful AGCO registration and execution of an operation agreement with iGambling Ontario. If you have any questions or concerns about your gambling, or the gambling of someone close to you, please contact Connex Ontario 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. And now, back to the show. And welcome back to the FC13 Podcast. Much like a tampon, we really hope that you don't just pull us out too quick. Uh, so moving on, one of our biggest things right now is the Canada game versus Croatia. 4-1, that was the final scoreline. It was a hard time for some of us. Some of us, maybe not so much. But the problem was is that we had so much promise going into this with a goal in 62 or 68 seconds with Alfonso Davies. 
And then from there, it just progressed downhill. One of the hardest things for me was some of the players' performances on pitch, I don't think really did us justice. One of them being Jonathan David. I don't think Jonathan David really performed the way he should have. Oftentimes I felt he was standing, he was staying still. He really could have performed way better. We know what he can do. But in this game, I find that he was nothing more than a cardboard cutout. Couldn't agree more, truthfully. Out of any, all the as players on this team, he's the one with the most at stake in his um, short-term future in this. Like, a good World Cup would get him, like, a move to, like, a like a, like a Chelsea, a Liverpool, or a Bayern Munich or something. He was on the preface of that. And, like, you know, teams don't make teams don't make transfers based on a World Cup. That's how, like, that's that's what stupid teams do. Because, <laughs> like, it's ultimately, you're looking at, like, form over a month. But it's um the biggest stages they've ever played on. And it's something teams would take a notice in. It may not make a difference, but like, given the given the stages he's performed on as well in the Champions League, he's won the league in France. It's it's surprising. But I mean, there's always Morocco. Hopefully, he can. I'm still angry do with well against Lucas Cavallini on this regard because I think a lot of David's problems right now are confidence related, and the chance to see the ball go into the net off his own bo- off his own boot would have been huge against Japan. But instead, Lucas Cavallini needed to step up and take the world's stinkiest pen. And still somehow score, but like, could that like? I I hate to say that it could have been different if maybe David had a chance to that take that penalty, but you know, I, I think it would have added some confidence to his game at the very least. Yeah, he could he could have, but you're still that's that's a lot of what it's one, sure. one of my hardest points is you have the best goalkeeper in the world against a player he knows well. Because if you put it... Does he? Okay. All right. Name two penalties Davies has ever took in his life. How would he know what he's going to do? Did I say he knows his penalties well or he knows the player well? Well, what relevance because is thing, that? Because the thing is penalty. that if you put you... St- All he knows is his left you foot. You put you stack you... You... In what world do you not think he's going to sit there and go, what way does Davies shoot? What way does the ball angle? How is, is he, it? What homework can he possibly do on a guy who's never he, took penalties? He shoots, right? He scored goals? Every player shoots. But <laughs> what player are you going to pay more attention to? Victoria? Victoria or Davies? Or a, you say, you say striker? Penalties. But no one knows Kyle Aaron. Yeah, they do. There's film on him. He played for Bichette. Absolutely you do. Because we're on a Canadian podcast. We're talking about the... The Belgian keeper. He plays in. He played in Turkey at the highest level in Europe. Yeah. And at what point has Courtois ever come against him? Kyle, the same amount of times he came against Kyle Davies in a penalty. Said it, Andre? Kyle yeah. Lahren wasn't on the pitch at that point. Like, well, but not even that. You, you hoil it. Sure. I'll give you that one. Okay. Eustachio. Victoria. Never took a penalty. Took penalties. What about Borean? Again, to concentrate on the Belgium Borean, game. I think one of my problems is, is that, again, he is one of the few players. Yes, he hasn't taken a penalty. But when you know where his foot is, you know where his shot is, you don't think that they're analyzing everything to do with him. And you have a player who sees him in the media, who knows who he is, who who has to deal with him constantly. 
Courtois has to deal with with Davies or David. He does not have to deal with any of the other people. Counterpoint to this, though, him. Andre. When you're in that moment, and if you're looking at Jonathan David, and again, we're talking about confidence, potential confidence issues with him. If Alfonso Davies sees him kind of seeing ghosts at that point, can't really send him up. It, it, it's a tough situation, but I would like to know, be the fly on the wall in that kind of huddle before that shot was taken because it, it is entirely possible that Jonathan David was just unsure of anything at that point. And you'd rather have the if sure Davies was the one who stepped up and said, I'm taking this, I'm confident, I'm okay with the choice, truthfully. Absolutely not. 100%. Mm-hmm. Not, not a fucking chance. Just because, again, you say, I'm sure, uh, as as Paul very said, when is he taking a penalty? No, no. Absolutely not. But we did cover that in our last one. We can't keep covering. <laughs> I didn't say you, that. You said, when, when is he taking a penalty? That's not the same as he shouldn't take it. That's <laughs> that is, that is pretty much on par. Like, that is pretty much on par. If you haven't taken it, whatever. Let someone who has go on. You are one of the biggest stars. Everyone's going to know you. But that was last game's reaction. This game's reaction. Unfortunately, we we didn't see the same performance i would have taken that 100 percent. we would still be in it but uh one of the huge things was our defense had a huge problem huge huge problem kind of continuing on i am not the only one i have my person i don't think performed the way he should but boys do you do you collectively think that i i i this wasn't our showing this was not canada's defensive show no not not at all i i think canada didn't look I think throughout CONCACAF, that was what I noticed about the Canadian team, is that no matter what was thrown at them, they were able to manage. Even in, you know, the game against Mexico, when you go down 1-0, like, Mexico's like still a good team in, in world football. It's just they haven't ever seen a team as good as Croatia. So, you can see that. Like, they, they didn't look poised when the ball was at their feet. It, like, they they couldn't slow down anything in the midfield. Like, it it's... Kind of the same stuff we've been talking about. It's just Croatia's better than what they've ever played before. Yeah, I've got to kind of um, follow what you're saying, that you're saying, like, this defence didn't show up. Quite frankly, I think this is what this defence is. I think it's our weakest position. Like, I know transfers could be happening in the next month or so, but if we look at the the players as it stands, there's two MLS players, a guy who plays a 35-year-old on the verge of retiring who... um, plays for like a sort of mid-level team in Portugal and Adekubi and Lerea was starting as well who's also in MLS or Adekubi plays there for a team in Turkey no one really knows and there's never any there's never any talk about Adekubi going to a higher level this defence is it's a CONCACAF level defence it'll do well against Honduras and Costa Rica and the USA in that home but look at um, I've seen a stat today Con- CONCACAF nations have won one game of the last 13 possible at the World Cup. I don't feel like it's an exaggeration to say it's probably the weakest region out of the ones in a World Cup. And um, I think for Canada to get that defence better, it's going to be a combination of a bit of luck, obviously, with like players coming through and that just as like locked out in midfield and attack. But they also need... It's also very crucial in the next four years that they're able to get a lot more... Um, 
friendlies and games against teams out with CONCACAF, teams from like Africa and Asia and especially yeah. Europe. I would like to see the boat get pushed out to get like an invite to Copa America if possible. I, I don't know how realistic that is, but I think the only way you cure this defence is you put them up against teams of Croatia's level more often. Because quite frankly, playing Honduras, Costa Rica and Panama isn't going to take no. them to the next and level. And I, I find that that is our defensive woe is because we constantly play them. We either, we either get blown out or mm-hmm. we win one nothing. I'm glad you mentioned that too, Paul, because if nothing else, like a performance like they put together against Belgium, you know, that'll have people, you know, realistically taking the opportunity to play friendlies. Like if, even if you get into South America, and you play the likes of Uruguay more mm-hmm. often. You, you play the Japanese again. Uh, you get into, like, when was the last time Canada played against an African nation? Like, if you can start to get those. You... Uh, by the time this podcast <laughs> um, comes out, maybe. <laughs> but in, a, in a friendly, I mean. But, like, now that, like, yeah, we don't yeah, have to play St. Kitts all the time anymore. Like, that, you can only get better. And, like, that. I think that's one of the big things that's not being talked about enough coming out of this. Yeah, like. You're right. Like the Belgian performance in particular has raised the standard and teams will look at Canada as a better test. I think, I think we have to get, I think we'll have to accept that a lot of these friendlies against big teams may not happen in Canada due to logistics with all these players based in Europe. But I mean, if Canada has to play games in, say, London to get high quality opposition, it'll, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it for me, despite the fact we I can't think, be I there. think Herdman's going to use that to his advantage. There's no way he doesn't. I, I, I feel like he's realize the value of of higher end friendlies again we went from missing two with missing iran missing panama to then all of a sudden having our somewhat makeup and then right beforehand we squeezed in bahrain and then right after the japan game we went and faced a local football club it's weird that Senate seen the CSA do well. Yeah, it's almost like <laughs> when they do their job, things go well. But that's not what the CSA is about. They're about free suits. I know I, I know we're starting to run out of time here too, but can I like I know Paul was kind of pounding the table for Ishmael Kone today. I thought he looked good when, when he did get into the game. Like that's a massive, massive positive for us because he's still young and he's gonna be one of the core players in twenty twenty six. So to see that today, that was super encouraging, even though we got thrashed in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, as, like you've said, that I've beaten, I've beaten the drum from the whole time. Like I, I hope he starts against Morocco. I don't really see the benefit of starting Hutchinson unless you want to give him a swan song here, bring on as a late sub. But it makes sense to start Coney, getting more World Cup experience ahead of four years' time. I wouldn't mind seeing Azorio start yeah. as well. I thought he impressed a lot. I'm not sure if he'll be there in 2026 of his age, so I I feel like he deserves like to play a bit more. I, I also here. feel the same that what Coney did, dress to impress. He was putting for a lot of, of effort. He was putting a lot of quality in what he did. You know, um, one of the ones that I wouldn't mind seeing is taking David off, which yes, he had a terrible performance, but putting in Hoylet and Laren, letting them get their like pander their goals. Um, Davies, I don't think will accept being pulled off. I don't think that's really an option, which he should. We don't want to piss off Bayern Munich because again, if he gets injured, pulling him is going to be such a fucking nightmare. Um, and then, and then Miller, uh, the awful, awful Miller who couldn't mill a fucking stone underneath three sets of granite. He, is that actually saying? 
that a thing? No, no. I just, it is now. It is now. I, I, I just champagne over there. I think. <laughs> cheers, <laughs> cheers. I, I just awful. Ladies and ladies and gentlemen, if you can't tell, laundry's had a lot of yeah, If you, if you, if you can't, if you can't tell the inflection of my voice. Um, this is the only thing that doesn't let me down, like unlike Miller. Um, he just genuinely, I I know I know it is our boy Michaels, one of his favorite players, and I fucking feel bad for even saying this. Well, sort of. Um, don't play for Montreal. I won't feel so bad. But one of the hardest things for me was again and again, there were several heavy mistakes that led to goal after goal. Paul did point out that yes. We don't have anything to replace him. He is the which, best which, which, by the way, is still fucking piss poor. He is the best dam we have. Unfortunately, that dam has a bunch of holes in it. it was made by a beaver that was blind and also had cerebral palsy. <laughs> like it was literally the worst thing on our defense, but still was the only thing we had. In our if defense. we can, and if, I think if we can find another striker, though, you can move Davies back there if you really want to, or you find yeah. another attacking player. Yeah. Our best defender is Davies. Come to think of it, Paul. But we have him up front. So we could fucking axe Miller and get going. Which central defense. No, he's left back. No, I'm talking about like best it just, it just, Miller. defender, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he what he does is he defends in the same way that they did for Normandy. Um uh, he's got yeah. Either way, either way. Um, long story short, there were there were very critical mistakes. Outside of me just sort of hating on him or whatever, there were such critical mistakes. I think that fourth goal is going to demoralize the team. Um, that really piss poor stop that let two people on showed where the line was and, and showed at the end of the day, I think that's going to have more damage than it needs to. I feel like that goal was the equivalent of like um, what's they doing hockey when they, they pull the goalkeeper out when a team's losing. Like I feel like that was the equivalent of that. And quite frankly, no one's gonna give a shit if that demoralizes the team. Then I mean, you shouldn't have been there. You say that. I do. Oh I boy. Down on that. Uh, like, uh, as a... <laughs> they'll pro- honestly, I like. I think Canada's gonna lose to Morocco because they look really good, but I don't think I'll have anything to do with that fourth goal. If anything, I think Morocco like. Morocco are going to get to the last 16 in Belgium. Like, truthfully, I think Canada has a, a rallying point now, almost. Like, I know it's done. There's nothing they can do. They're, they're out of this. But, like, I have a, I have a feeling there's they're going to come with a really with spirited effort. And it's going to be more about, like, fuck, we belong here. Like, I know we played like crap in the second half against Croatia. We belong on this stage. And I think they still have to prove that. Yeah. I think... I'm. I think. I think the big problem with of Canada was like. I think in a way maybe they were doomed when the group was made. Like, um, if you look at say like if they were in like Mexico's group, good. like with um Poland, Saudi, like I think that could have been. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of. The, I remember. Um, I believe that's when if they won their last game against yeah. Panama away, they would have been in pot yeah. three. We'll never know how much of a difference that could have made, but perhaps it could have made a real difference. Um, yeah, I just feel like luck of the draw got Canada. Like you know, if they were in like. A other group, there's a couple of other groups in there that could have been more competitive, and I think that's what doomed them. We got Belgium at the wrong time where the world hadn't realized they finished yet, and then, you know, Croatia got to go it really far group. in this tournament. It really was. You have the number one team at the time in the world, and then you have the runners up 
for the World Cup. How is that not the group of death? Especially for us. Everybody else? Sure. You might look at it and go, Belgium's washed up, Croatia's old, Morocco, eh. But for us, that was our group of death. That was the group of death. And unfortunately, it panned out the way it did. We didn't take our chances with Belgium. We fucked up against Croatia. And now, our only chance is to redeem ourselves against Morocco. And hoping that we finally... You know what? If we walk away with a win, I, I got my wish. We have one goal. We have one goal. But if we walk away with a win, I think we're better than we've ever been. And we can finally take that and go and rest in peace. We're in better a sense than we've ever been, 20. whether they win that game or not, to be honest, Andre. Well, that, that's the attitude I have. I feel like we've got to end this on a positive. Like, you, you guys will know more than me, like, where the candle was years ago, quite frankly, being Scottish, like, two years ago or whatever. I couldn't have named a single Canadian player. And now, one of them's going to get signed with my club. And I'm, like, super excited about it, you know? And then. I've watched this team grow over the last couple of years to what they are now. Well, like we went into this World yeah. Cup with genuine belief in a group with Belgium, Croatia, Morocco. Like just to have that belief yeah. is insane. And you know, as much as it's a bit of a meme, like um, that TSN reporter saying to Janine Becky, "This is the greatest moment in Canadian oh, soccer history." Which, which, okay, that just shows let's, you. Let's let's, let's just, actually talk that, about that, that for that, fuck that, breaks that, before we run off. Oh, <laughs> okay. Then let me finish. I'm building up to something. <laughs> you bet. You better. You better come back and mention that because that was that was a brilliant moment in fucking football history. So, like, but the point is, like, it just shows you how excited people are, like, how excited they are to get a goal and have that moment of jubilation. Like, there's there's so much good stuff going on here, and I get like Canada, like they're just simply they lost to two better teams, and there's no shame in that. But, like, we can see there is something to build on. If Keep John Herdman for the next four years and keep building this and keep building what we have. Play, gems are going to come from the CPL or MLS or got developed abroad and have got a Canadian passport somehow. Like, this team's only going to get better. The opposition they're going to play between now and 2026 is only going to get better. They don't have to play CONCACAF qualifiers. They don't have to go and play Panama and Jamaica away. Instead, they can play UEFA teams or, like, South American teams or Asian teams. They, the, the world is Canadian football's oyster at the moment. And I'm fully confident 2026, they're going to be a top, they're going to be a top seeded team because they're hosts. So they're not going to play a Croatia again. <laughs> Might play Belgium. <laughs> but, um, so like they'll have a favorable group. They're playing at home. We're built, like build up to 2026. This was always about getting ourselves in the best position in 2026. It would have been great to go on a run, but ultimately that's not what it's about. What it is about, like, if you're listening to this at home and you're feeling the same way I am or you're wondering, like, how can we get more excited for 26? What can we do to help? See if there's an MLS team near where you live. If not, see if there's a CPL team where you live. If not, see if there's a League One, Ont a League One Ontario team or a League One Quebec or a League One BC team where you live. If not, see if there's a U-Sports team where you live. There's such a big system of, like, university level sports in this country the likes of like Joel Waterman and um, Lucas McNaughton who recently made their appearances for Canada that's where they came from that's where the talent comes from and if you don't have that just like go to your local park or something where there's like recreational soccer or something and maybe I don't know like put in a donation or something or ask if you can help or even just go along to a game and cheer them on you might be cheering on 
the next Davies, the next David, the next Estadio. Make, sure, make sure you let them know they're Just, coming. We've got to keep... We gotta keep this we gotta keep this positive energy going into twenty twenty six. And that's like I'm not I don't I don't wanna like take command and say we're in this, but like I want this to leave on a positive here. Like Canada's achieved so much you guys have achieved so much in the last couple of years. I don't want to focus too much on losing four one to, to Croatia. I wanna focus on the fact that Canada were on the state the biggest stage in the world, playing against one of the biggest teams on the planet. And you know what? They took the lead and held the lead for a while, mashed them for as long as they could, gave it the roll. You know, we can argue about like a tactic here or there, but ultimately they gave it everything. And I don't think anyone's gonna like go home thinking they held anything in after this World Cup. Everyone gave it their best. For some, it'll be the first of many. For some, it was their last. But they all gave it, but they all did it. They all made us proud. And, you know, I may not be Canadian, but like, you know. But by 2026, I might have my citizenship and I sure as I'm doing fucking feel Canadian right now. And I cannot wait to see you guys in 2026 in a group of Scotland. I have one thing to say before (laughs) you start ranting about this comment. Um, And it's just, I saw some, one person today say that Canadians dream too big. And I, I refuse to believe that because five years ago was saying that Canada would ever make the world, that was dreaming way too big, right? That was never yeah. possible. Yeah. So to yeah. say that all of a sudden we have belief that we can get out of the group stage, to have no belief is to have no ambition. To have no ambition is when your program stagnates. And I think what made this so special is the ambition right from the get-go, right, of we're Canada, hear us roar, we're, we're going to the World Cup kind of thing, right? Right off the beginning in this octagonal or whatever the hell it's called, right? <laughs> so yeah, they kept yeah. that attitude and, you know, Credit to them. I, I, they they took the boots to Belgium. They came out with a result they didn't necessarily deserve. They scored that goal today against Croatia. Who knows what like, the Morocco game holds. But it, as Paul said, this World Cup was not the goal. The goal was 2026. They blew expectations out of the water to get there. The fact that we even had a belief that they could get out of this group, I think, shows where this program is going. It's never been stronger. So... You know, I'm gutted that we're not going on to the round of 16. But at the same time, using the, the re- reasonable, realistic lens, kind of blew expectations out of the water in this. Go see it. We got a goal. I've said many times in this podcast, we get one goal. We have succeeded everything. However, as a Canadian watching this, It's still pain for sure. Because again, Absolutely. we we are we are we are we are a fan. That, we're a fan podcast. We we are what we are. Um, I'm not gonna look at this analytically. I'm beyond what I have to. I I have my my points in there, and then we'll go on forwards. Um, yes, we should have done what we should have against Belgium. We should have done what we should have against Croatia. We did, but also you need to remember at the end of the day, fuck. Um, it's just a scenario where we had so much promise and so much opportunity and we let it go. But everyone is fucking proud of Canada. If you're not, they, you're not a fan. You're, you're a bandwagoner. You need to cool your jets because this was something impossible five years ago. Even before COVID, this ago. was impossible. Three right? years ago. 
you told somebody this was going to be your lineup and you'd score within 60 seconds against the runners-up of the World Cup, impossible. It is what it is. Unfortunately, that's where it has to be. But I want to thank you all for sticking around with us for the FC13 podcast. Thanks for sticking with me while I suffer here talking to these lovely boys. Frankie, Paul, um, love you boys for for being here and and jumping in and, and making this happen and making me recap a game that that hurts so goddamn much make sure to follow us on fc13 podcast on tiktok twitter instagram youtube everywhere basically if you can find us if it's got video platforms or social media make sure to follow us on fc13 podcast and make sure to hit that notification bell and subscribe so you never will miss a video like this boys where do we find you Uh, watching the Morocco game on Thursday, even though we're still out, I'm, I'm still I, here. I would like anybody who is saying I'm not watching that game because we're out. Come on, you know. Give me your social media. That's what I'm asking. Give me your social media. We do the same thing every week. Paul, where do we find you? All right, Paul McNulty ninety. Paul McNulty ninety six on Instagram. <laughs> uh and Frankie's home address is oh, okay. Uh, all right. No, that's where you can find right. me crying immediately after the, we end this recording. <laughs> Again, thanks to my guys for following us. Uh, we really appreciate it. FC Thirteen Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, listening to the FC Thirteen Podcast is like watching football through a microphone.